When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon. Welcome back to another Team News live stream. Last week was very important for Game Week 18. This one's as important, if not more important. This is Double Game Week. That is bigger and better. Uh, and to take us through uh, all the Team News, injury news, lineup news, and that kind of stuff today, I'm joined by David. How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Obviously, I can bring my uh, my first update is that uh, Neil is uh, still not in the squad. Uh, he's been left out again. Um, so I'm here filling in. Um, yeah, using my, my versatility in a different role to uh, to cover for him. But as I always say, you at least still get to look at the same colour hair. So you can't complain too much. Yeah, I think he's going to be a bit like Sergio Aguero. We keep teasing him coming back and then he just <laughs> never, ever appears for like months. But hopefully he'll be back a bit sooner than Sergio Aguero. So we're going to go through all the team news as normal. I will just say, before we get into individual uh, teams, there's a few teams we haven't heard from yet or didn't give any team news. So West Brom was one. Didn't really get any team news from their press conference at all. Not that I think many people are probably putting players in, apart from Johnston, I guess. Um, Everton, obviously not playing in Game Week 19, so there's nothing from them either. So we'll have to wait until Game Week 20 for updates about Calvert-Lewin. And Aston Villa, the team that probably a lot of us want to hear updates from... There's no press conference because they ha- they're they not playing for, um, when is it, like, so Wednesday or Thursday or something like that against Man City. Yeah, that's right. So because it's so far away, there's no press conference. So if you're looking for news about who's got COVID, who's still isolating, who's back available, unfortunately, we don't have it, which sucks. But I think with Villa players, if you've got them, you play them and you probably in most cases um, avoid buying them as well. So outside of that, we've pretty much got every other team covered. So we'll jump into it in just a second. I will just say, uh, before we go into Man City, which is the team we always start with, uh, we have partnered with Fancy Five. So if you haven't already checked them out, there's a handy link in the description below. Just click through to that. It'll take you straight through to the game. Uh, and it is basically super easy to play. And if you're an FPL player, it's even more handy because you already know all the scoring. The only difference in scoring is there's no bonus points. And you just have to make a quick, easy prediction one player from each of the five games you can see listed. So Liverpool versus United, Man City versus Palace, Arsenal versus Newcastle, West Ham, West Brom. Uh, you definitely got to go for Antonio in that game, obviously. And Leicester versus Chelsea is the fifth game. So one player to beat their points though. And as you can see on the screen, I think it's very winnable this week. Martial, for example, or Cavani would only have to score one goal. And you've only got to make one pick. Easy as that, completely free, 10 grand to the winner, no catches. Click that link in the description below and you can check it out. Let's get into the team news. Let's start with Man City. We always start with Man City. Uh, obviously, <laughs> a few surprises in the last game. I think a lot of people were hoping that Sterling would start, for example, in Game of 18. It didn't happen. We did talk about that. You did say he never actually mentioned he was fully fit. Um, it could have just been a tactical thing, of course. What are you thinking for this week? Is there any major updates? Yeah, so, I mean, handily enough, like we're not, we're not necessarily hanging on too much in the way of injury this time around. It's more about... I guess I guess what we're worried about, I suppose, is KDB and whether or not he's kind of, um, you know, exhausted or not. Um, which I mean, ugh, he looked it, didn't he? Um, in terms of the actual update it's, itself, um, there's no update in terms of training because today Man City are having de- the day off, uh, which is nice, nice for some, uh, and the training is all tomorrow. So um, any update from that, like, we're just not going to know. 
Um, so someone could all easily break down in training tomorrow. Um, but he's saying that Garcia's back. He said the guys from the academy will be back, which I think he's referring to people like Palmer and Doyle. So again, just people that we're just not that bothered by. Um, he's he said again that Laporte and Ake aren't fit, which is helpful because uh, it means we can be quite confident that Diaz and Stones will start because he just doesn't really have any alternative. But also they're also playing amazing as well. Like they have a really strong partnership together. So between that and these injuries, they're very, very safe picks for this week. Um, he's also said that Sergio Aguero won't be available either. So we mentioned on the last stream, didn't we, that, you know, maybe that means that um, Jesus can play. Um, he obviously didn't. I think he played Bernardo Silva in that um, centre forward role. So we don't have anything. It's kind of annoying. The questions that he gets asked in these press conferences, I feel like they're a little bit wasted. And I, I don't want to insult my, my fellow journalists, but I, I would be asking so many more tactical questions. Like, who's going to play centre forward? Where's De Bruyne going to play? You know, is he exhausted? A lot of these questions like that we really want to know the answers to, they just they don't always go for them. You mean people um, aren't just obsessed with fantasy football? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> Well, I still think these things are relevant for, they are, they are, yeah. you know, for main football fans too. I think Man City fans, you know, I mean, and a, a, in a typical scenario, would be paying to go see their team every week. Obviously, they can't at the moment. But in a normal scenario, you know, they'd quite like to know who's going to line up at centre forward when Aguero is out. So, yeah, it's a shame. I mean, it, to be fair, would Guardio really give a specific answer to those questions? I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, what we've got is the usual Guardiola kind of, it's, it's not that exciting and quite cryptic. So, I mean, one other thing that I do want to talk about is there's some, some stuff about Cancelo. Which, I mean, anyone who's owned Cancelo has, has enjoyed his points recently. It kind of feels like there's more to come. It's a double game week. So even if you're worried about rotation, he's surely going to play one of them. But it's still just worth um, kind of looking at these quotes from Guardiola that kind of refer to uh, any concern that people might have about rotation. Um, where Guardiola's basically said every player in his squad has competition from his teammates. He's, he's, he said even the manager to himself, if they're not playing well, then he has competition in the sense that... Um, you know, the press start linking people with the club to replace him. Um, it says it happens to the best of all of us. And then he specifically said, even for Jao Cancelo. So it's a little bit ominous because it sounds like a precursor to rotation. Yeah. He then goes on to talk about um, what competition Cancelo provides to uh, to Walker. Um, he was basically asked, is this the first time that Carl Walker has had proper competition for his place? Um, Guardiola said I don't agree I think he had good competition when Danilo was here um, always he had competition but I felt he was um, more necessary than the others which is why he signed Cancelo it counts now so he's saying that he does have strong competition now um, you know it, in a way I don't know how much that really really helps us but because of course Cancelo can actually play on the left but then again even that is helpful for this game week in terms of whether or not you're worried that Cancelo will play because even if he wants to play Walker, then Cancelo obviously can play on the left and I think we'd all agree has looked better than both Mendy and Zinchenko at some point this season. So there has been discussion about um, about him. Nothing that suggests that a benching is imminent, but at the same time, just a reminder that um, there's competition for even the best players in Guardiola's squad, even João Cancelo. Yeah, I think we've probably been a bit spoiled recently with uh, Cancelo... Stones and Diaz all play and we have to try to remind ourselves that Man City there is rotation there's two games really quickly it's probably going to happen for most players De Bruyne obviously is the one we always hope won't it won't happen to but even he there's a chance of it obviously there's three I think there's three days in between the two games and it is worth noting then it's FA Cup before the next Premier League game so there could be rotation in that one to give the main players like De Bruyne and Diaz Stones a bit of time off uh, but yeah, I think with Cancelo, he's he's always going to probably be like a you know four and five player rather than a five and five. So um, 
yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's interesting quotes, though. So, yeah, I'll be annoyed if he doesn't start both of them, but I guess it's the Richie Tate. And I still think he's a great long-term pick. So unless you're free hitting this week, uh, I think you should probably still be quite happy with him. Um, let's go on to uh, other side of Manchester. We'll just go straight to Man United. So I think Martial went off with a bit of a knock in the last game. Um, I, can't, I don't know if it was hamstring or ankle. Do you know what it, what it was? It looked like hamstring, but then I saw people saying it was his ankle. But Yeah, um, I'm... It, it was actually quite hard to track down information on this, to be perfectly honest. I, I, I'm not sure either. Um, okay. he, he limped off. He wasn't discussed in the post-match presser against after Burnley. I stayed up, especially late, to have Solskjaer give me an update and he didn't give one. So, yeah, he's been a bit kind of um, clouded on on what the situation is with Martial, which is a bit annoying. Uh, but he's finally kind of referenced him in a bit more detail uh, in this press conference. Um, he's basically said, I'll give everyone tomorrow uh, a chance to prove their fitness. There's a couple of knocks we got at Burnley that I'm not sure about. Um, he then goes on to reference Martial, uh, saying that Martial's not out of this game. So there's enough there to suggest that there is doubt because he's having to sort of clarify that. Um, the only ones who are out are Brandon Williams and Phil Jones. So sorry, guys, really limited now without those two. Um, but the, the ominous thing, of course, is that he said that a couple of knocks we got at Burnley. So Martial's one that we know about you know, who's who are the others, we're just not really sure. So, you know, it's Liverpool, so he's going to play the best team he possibly can. Um, but, of course, it is a little bit concerning because it's Fulham afterwards and you you maybe think that he might view that as that's the game when he can afford to maybe rest someone. I don't know, if, they, if, they've, if they've had to overstretch themselves, you know, carry a knock into the Liverpool game, maybe they won't play the other one. Yeah, um, but... I yeah. think so. I think I was looking at the quotes from him and the quotes from uh, quotes from Klopp. We'll talk about Liverpool next. I think there's a few mind games going on. If Martial is in any way fit to start, I think he will start because um, I just think they'll, he'll want that that pace up against that Liverpool defence. So I, I think he will start. Obviously, that's just my opinion. I'm not in the know yeah. or anything like that. Well, I mean, Cavani looked really good too. I yeah, mean, yeah. My, my counter to that would be Cavani. I fought against Burnley, even though he's been brought in as this like experienced finisher, which we know he is. I was like really, really impressed with the way that Cavani was like tracking back and winning tackles in what I would consider the number ten area. You know, in the in around the halfway line, defensive third, that sphere. He was winning so many balls there and then laying off someone else. And if he if he does that against Liverpool, it, they can do so much damage if if he's able to do that against them too. And so you know, it's challenging because. You know, he, I mean, he could play either of them. Of course, against Burnley, he played them both. Uh, so he could do that too, because Martial could be used in a wider area, Cavani through the middle. Um, but I think the fact that we're sat here kind of with two different schools of thought, because I totally get what you're saying. Martial's pace against that Liverpool defence could do a lot of damage. Cavani's hassling of the opponents also could. That, to me, is enough there to sort of, you know, if people are looking at, you know, are we, we going to sign one of those? You know, you know, it's hard to really say who's going to start. So I would probably avoid both of them. Yeah, I think I don't necessarily think he's going to play up front. I think uh, they'll want Martial Rashford up against Trent, uh, for sure. And Fred and McTominay will almost certainly start. So the question is whether Pogba keeps his place, because I, I don't think he'll play in a two. I think Fred and McTominay are almost nailed to start in this game, just because of the, the opposition, which means he overplays Pogba on the left up against Trent. But I think I think Rashford's done, um, kind of done Trent a few times. So I think there's a chance it could be Martial, Cavani and Rashford and Rashford on the, the right, but he wasn't that great against Burnley. So I don't know, it's a tricky one. Um, I do think yeah. there's a high chance of Cavani starting too. I would definitely um, definitely agree with that. I think he looked really good. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a hard one to do. The other one is obviously Lindelof at the back um, because the last team news we did, obviously we said we thought 
I think Lindelof had trained and Bailly hadn't or something like that. And then all of a sudden yeah. afterwards we find out there's a reaction. And Bailly's been good. So I think he deserves to keep his players. I think he's a better option against Liverpool. There's not been any real updates about Lindelof um, by name, was there? No, well, I mean, um, I kind of imagine that's who he's referring to when he says he's going to give people a chance to yeah. prove their fitness. But as you said, Bailly's clearly recovered from that neck problem Um enough to play the game you know put in uh, some put his body on the line again you know it's not seeming to limit the way that he can uh, throw himself in the way of of things with his head and with the rest of his body so yeah he will need that against Liverpool and so then if Bayes looking ahead of Lindelof then that, he's probably going to be the one to go for and of course that Fulham game does look quite tasty for a clean sheet as well so you know Bayes is, is not a bad option I mean Maguire obviously of course is is the sure starter um, if, if people can can reach him, and it's just absolutely no suggestion that he, he wouldn't play these games. Uh, just the yeah. four yellows, I guess, for Maguire. That's the only yeah, true, actually, yeah. slight on his name, really. I've always got Wan Bissaka, who uh, I've got, and I don't expect any kind of attack and return at all. So, <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Fulham game, definitely the better one. Let's go to Liverpool, because um, I don't think many people probably own Matip, but if he comes back, it does kind of boost their defence, and it puts Henderson back into midfield, which also would be big, too. Uh, what's the latest on him? I think this is mind games, by the way. I think he's. I definitely think he's <laughs> going to start. But go on, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. I know what you mean with these derby games. Like sometimes they do, they do kind of engage in. Uh, it's not underhand tactics, I suppose. It's just I think more managers should do this. I mean, as much as I'd love managers to give us something really sure and and sort of like you know obvious. Um, you know, if I was a manager, I would be doing exactly this. It's what I always used to do on Football Manager back in the day. So I totally get it. He said about Matip that he's close. Um, you know, does it make sense to throw him in after one or two sessions that he hasn't actually done yet? Because it's, it's, it, again, it's like Man City. The sessions he's got to do are this afternoon and tomorrow. So uh, again, he's saying that there could be a reaction, like with the Lindelof thing. So I don't know. Um, we'll have to see how he looks in training. He was then asked about whether or not he could move Henderson back into centre-back again, which is something that he has done before. Um, on that, he said, we do have different solutions. And I'm guessing he's probably referring there to Phillips and Reese Williams, who've played at centre-back. So, I mean, if there's anyone trying to put together a free hit squad or even a wild card or, or what have you, and, and looking at those, those, those really cheap Liverpool defenders, I mean, I wouldn't be completely shocked if they played. Um, you know, if Matip's not quite ready, because the, the point is that he's gone on to say that Henderson is very important for them in midfield as well. And and when Henderson did play centre-back, he didn't have a bad game at centre-back. I can't remember which one it was, but when he played there, they really missed him. Yes, that, that's right. Yeah, they really missed him in midfield. So, you know, I think he'd be loath to play him there again. So, yeah, maybe Matip does play. The, the funny thing is, he says, I haven't decided yet. Why should I? So, yeah. I mean, I guess that, that just puts pay to this whole thing, doesn't it? He's just like, why do I have to tell you now? So, I I mean, yeah, I do. they did really miss him against Southampton, um, Henderson. I just, I, I don't know, Reese Williams and Nat Phillips, they're just, I'm not sure, they're a bit like Maguire. They don't have too much pace and they're a bit slow on the turn. I, I For what it's worth, I think Nat Phillips will play, again if Matt's, even if Matt's back, chances of him playing two in a row are so slim. I think Nat Phillips will definitely play against Burnley because, just because... Um, height and, and etc um, I think he's good for that uh, but yeah it'd be an interesting one I, th- I think if there's any way Matip can play I think he will play because Henderson back in the field would be massive uh, outside of that the main the main talking points Mane, Salah, Firmino, Robertson, Trent all fit as far as we know, as far as we know. oh yeah absolutely no suggestion there's any problems there um, the only other one is just Naby Keita's not ready to play um, but again that doesn't really affect us too much I guess that probably just goes back to the Henderson thing if Cater if can't play he's just down another person in the midfield so you know um, perhaps even more reason to make sure that Henderson's in midfield 
Yeah, and Thiago got 90 minutes last time. So that's huge. Uh, I think he'll he'll probably uh, start if he's available. So, yeah, going to be an interesting game. Looking forward to that one. Um, let's go on to Arsenal. So, obviously not got a double game week this week, but a few people may be holding Arsenal players going into 19 from 18. Tierney in particular obviously missed 18 out of the blue, really. We didn't know this was a, a thing beforehand. And it doesn't look like he... Well, it looks like there's a chance he's going to miss the Newcastle game as well, right? Yeah, so uh, they, they needed to scan him uh, today. So obviously when we last heard from Arteta, the idea was that um, that they didn't know yet. Um, it's, it's a case of how he uh, evolves. It's kind of come out in the press today. I think uh, David Ornstein, who, you know, you know, knows what he's talking about most of the time, has reported that it's not too serious. Uh, he was tweeting that this afternoon. So, you know, he's got connections. You know, he may well have uh, heard from someone that the MRI scan didn't reveal anything too sinister. So um, if that's the case, you know, what he's saying is, of course, it's not just about the the result. It's the fact that um, they looked really rubbish without him against Crystal Palace. And so they do do need him um, in that position. They they do have alternatives, though, in the um, Saka finished that game at left back because they took off Maitland-Niles and brought on Pepe. Um, so he, he could do that. And, you know, the season that Saka's having, you wouldn't put it past him being able to provide the level of creativity that Tierney can from the same position because he's just that versatile and that good. And I actually think left back was where we first were introduced to Saka yeah, yeah. back in the day when he was like really, really cheap. So, we you know, he, he we know he can play there. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. I think there's enough doubt there for me to... I mean, to be honest, I mean, if you're looking at this game week and you've got a 5.4 million defender you're not sure is going to play and he's only got one game and you don't have a City defender or you don't have a United defender or, you know, it, it wouldn't be, you know, I think it would be, it wouldn't be unsensible to move him on to someone who's more likely to play because I think there's enough doubt and yeah. enough alternatives at Arsenal. And he's only got a single um, game week as well, so you could always turn yeah, him into a exactly. double game week player for a similar price. Uh, we'll talk about Reese James in a sec for Chelsea as well. So, yeah, it'd be interesting one. As a Saka owner, someone who's bench boosted him this week, I don't want to hear him playing left back, but uh, I know <laughs> it could happen because I think Maitland-Niles was poor. I think he uh, uh, very rusty there. Uh, any other major news from Arsenal before we move on? Uh, no, yeah, nothing, nothing major, I don't think. Cool. Let's go to West Ham. Right, a lot of people, myself included, Looking to bring Antonio in this week, potentially, for the double game week. Um, got 15 minutes, then 30 in the league, then played 90 in the FA Cup. Now, I didn't see the President's Conference, but I was following it on the West Ham website. And did he even get mentioned? Did you, did you hear from him at all? I don't think he was mentioned, was he? No, they didn't seem to talk about him, which is so frustrating. I mean, surely someone would be, would even outside of fantasy want to say, look, you've just sold your only direct yeah, competition. Yeah, exactly. And you've got a Antonio's striker place. that's injury prone. Can he last, etc.? That like, surely that's a question. Yeah. So, so in terms of will he start twice? Um, you know, all we really have is, I suppose, inference. You know, our, of our own interpretation of would they really sell Alaire if Antonio wasn't ready? Um, you'd like to think no, but you know, I wouldn't have exactly said that West Ham have had you know fantastic track record with their transfer business you know it's not been awful but you know they, they've, they've had a few sort of like stinking decisions so who knows um it's a shame that he, he you know that he didn't didn't say something like yeah he's he's fit and ready to go no problem because i mean of course we know he's got that within him because he did that in project restart yeah. famously so yeah. and for, i think we both owned him for the game where he scored four goals so 
Um, he's got that track record. It's just there's that doubt, you know, is he ready? I mean, in terms of other things that were talked about, they they actually annoyingly talked about this guy that I've never even heard of called Maipo Odubeku, who he talked about. He's some, he, this is what Moy said. He said, we're somebody we're looking forward to working with, but he pulled a hamstring four months ago and he's been out for three months. He's a young player we have big hopes for. Um, you know, we'd like to we'd like to use him a lot and try and, and bring him along at the right time when we need him. So, like, what? Like, we talk the, about the, the, the about cynic. Antonio. The cynic in me would say he's being talked about because they're trying to buy another striker and they oh, don't want yes. the price pushed up. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He wants to create the impression to anyone they're going to buy a Alaya replacement from that. Oh no, it's fine. It's not desperate because we can use Odubeku. Yeah, yeah. In, in my eyes, um, Antonio is likely to start both if he's fit. Um, but the chance of him starting, uh, sorry, finishing ninety minutes twice, I would say, is quite slim, uh, especially if they're kind of winning the the first game, um, you know, one or two nil or whatever. I think he gets brought off. But yeah, we've not heard anything to say otherwise. Apart from that, we're not go- we're probably not going to find out any inf- more info on him. So I think you just take the plunge if you want to. What because West Ham are obviously popular this week because they're the good fixtures. What about the rest of the players? Balbuena's still in a few squads. Uh, I didn't really get the quote. I, he said that he's isolating, but then he said. Uh, we're just about okay. Was he still talking about Balbrina there? Yeah, so, yeah, quote was, he said two players missing, and then he goes and mentions three of them. It's funny, football managers, like, they're so good at not finishing their sentences. If you transcribe a football manager, it, 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 uh, Grammarly or word spell checker will be like, this is an incomplete sentence. What on earth is this about? Um, so he said, we've got two players missing. Fab, F- uh, Fabian Balbuena is isolating. He came into contact with somebody. So I think that means that he didn't have it. So in a way, that's okay, helpful. Okay. Um, because it means he's not having to recover from the illness. But at the same time, sometimes these players, they miss two weeks of training. And then in the end, their flag on FPL is not illness. It's lack of match fitness, because if they've been out of the training scenario for so long, then they're not actually up to match speed. So where he says, but we're basically just about okay. You know, I, we, we've seen this quite a lot and it's it's been quite tricky in terms of trying to cover these, these COVID uh, situations where people are, you know, in and out is they're really bad at telling us like that they've tested negative or whatever um you know that if if, so two types of scenarios if they've had covid um we don't usually get told that they're negative and we sometimes get like oh if they're negative like we had that with edison a couple weeks ago the danny ings thing for example which we'll probably come on to in a little bit is um hasenhut was kind of implying that he might have been able to train today but he doesn't know because when he did the press conference the results haven't come back yet um then with balbuena he's someone who hasn't had it but someone he knows has had it so then it means that his isolation i think uh ends nine to ten days after the symptoms first appeared in his friend whoever that is and we're never going to get that information because it could be like i don't know his mum or like his house cleaner you know the kind of someone basically who doesn't work for west ham so david moyes is not the gatekeeper of that information so it is annoying it means that he's still um you know a doubt for this game because as of right now he's isolating um, if he were to come back in time to play the second one, he probably wouldn't because he's probably not going to be match fit. So then, yeah. And, and also, and sorry, also Dawson's come in and done quite well. They've kept a couple of clean sheets. He scored their only goal in the FA Cup. So I, I think it looks like for anyone that's got Balbuena, I think no chance of playing both. Maybe one if you're lucky. And if you're looking for a cheap replacement, I don't, not maybe a long-term option, but Dawson looks all right, I think. Um, yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. I mean, we remember him um, offering some golf rep with Watford. Yeah, yeah, there was a, at the end of last season, he, I think, was there like... In, in the Project Restart, I think he was a player in, in Watford's squad who had the most shots. Yeah, or it was ridiculous. Like yeah, I remember you talking um, about him. So, yeah, possibly good. a good option there. 
Yeah. Um, um, the, the only other thing to add is obviously there's Fabianski as well. This is the other player that he was alluding to. It's annoying because, again, it's he doesn't say, he says, we're waiting on Fabianski to see how he is. We're not sure yet. Um, that's like the worst possible answer because I would have loved for him to say something more pessimistic to the point that we can be really confident that Randolph would play both because I think he's still 4.4 million. So if you're assembling a wild, wild card or a free hit squad for this game week, Randolph would be incredible um, if he was going to go for it. But as it stands, that now is a bit of a risk because there sounds like the possibility that, he could, that Fabianski could play. Yeah, I, I guess, he, and if he doesn't play the first one, there's a chance he plays the second one. If he's if he's almost there now, they're not quite sure. Maybe he plays the second one. Um, it's a bit of a risk, I guess, if you've got him, but possibly not worth a transfer. Otherwise, I think so check so foul, um, fine, right? Bit like bit like the rest, yeah. Oh yeah, they're they're very very nailed on. No no cool. problems there. Okay, next up we have Leicester. So I think there was a couple of. Uh, like Pratt is out for three months, which is obviously a blow for the team. But in terms of FPL, it doesn't really make too much difference. I saw a quote about Madison and Vardy. They said they were fine. They were just left out so as not to... Uh, this was the FA Cup they were left out, I think. Um, so as not to kind of make the issue worse, I think. Uh, so they yeah. should be good for the double. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they... Um... The quote was, both Madison and Vardy are available. If they played in the FA Cup, it would have been a huge risk to play them in this game. Um they had an ongoing. They both had ongoing problems, and we saw that as the window for them to receive treatment. So it sounds like that length of time was just to get them fit and ready, and, and now now they're fine. And and the Pratt thing just kind of helps solidify the fact that Madison's just going to start a lot more regularly because um, it's one less competition for a central yeah. attacking midfield sort of place. Uh, question just re- just really quickly it's more of an opinion thing because obviously we, we couldn't say for sure but a bit like West Ham to be fair they, they're playing on Saturday they've got Sunday Monday off then they're playing again on Tuesday so obviously going back to Antonio quick it's all well and good saying they'll start both but there isn't much rest time um, what do you think about Vardy in particular because I think some people are looking at Madison but Vardy's obviously the key man uh, and we've seen that before with all his rests in Europe that he can't necessarily play games in quick succession I think he's got an ongoing um, hip injury. Do you think it's a risk to maybe bring him in, or do you think because of the rest he's just had, he's got a chance to start in both? Yeah, no, it's an, it's an excellent point because yeah, there is that precedent there. I think yeah, the, the rest time really isn't that that nice, is it? Because they play late on Saturday. It's a, it's an eight pm game on on Saturday, and then an eight pm eight pm game on um on the Tuesday. I think you'd be very surprised if he if he didn't start the Chelsea game. Or rather, the Rogers would rather that he started that one. The, the problem with Leicester is that they, the Ianacho just hasn't looked good enough to step in for him. So probably what will happen is that he would start both and maybe have his minutes managed across the two games. Um, you know, they, they can't even run. I mean, not that Slomani was even a, close to a viable alternative, but they've just sold him as well. So the competition for his place is not particularly strong. So. Um, I, I I would imagine he he it, as you said it's it's just an opinion. I, I would imagine he'd start both, but maybe yeah. not complete both. Yeah, I th- I think that's like if if they're in any way ahead against Southampton, I think he'll be off as soon as possible. But um, as always, it depends how the game goes. Same for Man City. I'm sure he would have rested more players against Brighton if they could have nicked another two or uh, one or two goals. And it just didn't happen, so they all had to stay on the pitch. So we'll see what happens. Um, let's go to Chelsea. Um, so got an update about Angolo Kante, but obviously suspended. Um, what about Reese James? Because he's back in training now, I think. Did Lampard say anything about the chances of him starting at all? Because obviously he's still a very good price. 
Yeah, so the the reason why they're available and unflagged and stuff on FPL is because Lampard said uh, we're all good. Uh, you know, so it basically said that the squad is fine and that the only person missing is Kante. So because we we kind of knew that James and uh, the other one is Christensen were close to a comeback, for him to say that heavily implies that he's uh, he's you know ready to be involved. It's a bit like the Sterling thing. You know, he is available because the manager has said everyone's fine without actually mentioning his name, which I always like to make sure people understand that's why he's available rather than him actually saying it um, without wanting to sound like, you know, a broken record. Um, in terms of whether or not he would play, I think he will. My suspicion is that, that James will play because when he's fit, which we're hearing that he is, um, Lampard has usually selected him. And Azpilicueta has played, I think, the last four now in all competitions. And to be fair, Aspilicueta has made like an absolute history of his, you know, of always playing. You know, he's he's like the ever-present guy that can usually manage it, but he's not getting any younger. So if there was ever a time when Aspilicueta was afforded a rest, if it's when Maurice James is, is ready to come back in, then I, I yeah, I feel like now is the time uh, to do that. So um yeah, I, I think T- it's totally start. different player now as well. Like Reese James has really come in and kind of like, he's such a good right back and he and he's so attacking as well. And with ZS there as well, I think Reese James is just even better. So I think yeah, if there's any chance he can play, he will. And it's it's not like it's um it's not like it's two easy games for them either. So I think if they can give him any kind of minutes against Fulham to then play against Leicester, it could be good. Also, their fixtures are really good right up until game week twenty six. So I'm I'm very eager to bring him in myself. Don't know if it'd be this week, but if you've got him, it's probably worth um. Uh, worth holding on to him let's do um newcastle next quickly i don't i don't think there's really any major news here obviously they do have a double game week now so if you if you had wilson carried over from game week 18 you're kind of in luck i don't think there's any issues with him Saint maximin is the kind of long-term absentee um he's back training but obviously not going to be uh available just yet um but maybe soon which will obviously improve them too right yeah yeah Saint maximin's like um just an ongoing problem for them isn't he i mean um Jamal Lewis could come back in, uh, Lascelles too, and but but they they got a problem with Fernandez. So I mean, I think the, yeah, outside outside of Wilson, you're not really that interested, are you? No one's really interested in their defence. And then with with the with the uncertainties about who could even start in defence, it's just like yeah. No and, and obviously, no we go. saw Carl, after all the talk about Darlow versus Dubravka, Darlow kept his place as we thought he would, uh, and was pretty much said anyway. Um, so, if you did have any hangover from Game of Team with Darlow, you're probably looking quite good going forward. Uh, let's go on to Spurs. So, similar situation every week. We're only really looking for the two, the two lads up front. Maybe Dyer, Regulon news, but I think pretty much anyone we'd be interested in with Spurs are all are all fit, right? Yeah, they were mostly talking about. It was mostly talking about Bale, from what we could see, which again is just it's weird. I mean, I kind of was when Bale arrived, we thought maybe that he would be someone that we'd be looking at a lot more often. But yeah, he's had these injury problems. Um, Mourinho was kind of talking about the history there. You know, he's a, he arrived. He was injured in the first month. Um, you know, he got an injury against Stoke. Um, so yeah, he's mostly just been talking about that. It's annoying because when managers have these long-term guys and they then get asked um about their injuries they sometimes just start going off on one about someone we know is injured and they don't really talk about the ones we want to hear about um the other stuff that he talked about is that uh Lacelso is still not fit um he's, he said we still got two training sessions before the game um but uh and as far as he's concerned there's no other principles uh, no other problems in principle in the squad but again that's just another caveat that if we get to the game and it's like oh so-and-so got injured in training 
to spare the comments of why didn't you tell us in the press conference? It might be because it hadn't happened yet. So um, it's always worth being aware of that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, let's go on to Leeds. So no double game week now. If you haven't already heard, if you haven't heard, where have you been? Um, their game against Southampton is off in game week 19, so they're only playing Brighton. Uh, again, I, I think for most of the players we own, Bamford, Rafinha, there wasn't any mention. The biggest kind of news, I suppose, is that um, Lorente and Cooper are both available. I don't know if there was in, any indication of whether they're available or whether they're likely to start. Um, but if they would, then that would possibly push Alioski out of the team. Yeah, there's quite a lot to unpack here because, as you said, it's, it's like a jigsaw puzzle um, where you found the missing piece, but it turns out that you had like put a couple of other extra pieces in to cover and now you've got to disperse them again. Um, whether or not, Yeah, the quote was that Lorente, Roberts and Liam Cooper are all available. There's no other suggestion in terms of who would start, which is annoying because if there was any manager that might give us a team sheet, it could have been Bielsa, but he uh, he's decided he's not doing that anymore because he didn't like people taking the mick out of him on social media. I mean... I thought it was quite, you know, affectionate, but clearly took it the wrong way. Um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one because in theory you could put Cooper and Llorente straight back in um, uh, in the place of Ailing and and Strauch. Um, I think one like Cooper almost certainly will come in back in because he's he's the captain, he's their first choice defender, so he makes sense to come back in. But I'd be kind of surprised if he threw them both back in at the same time because um, Luke Ailing has actually played really well at centre back. Um, Anyone who's watched Leeds over the last number of years will know that Ailing had that in him. That Apart he, from he against has... Spurs, I think he was awful well, against true. Spurs. Lots true. of mistakes, but yeah, go on. But but generally speaking, he's held down the fort quite nicely um, uh, from 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 what I've seen, anyway. So there would be an argument for consistency's sake, just putting Cooper back in next to Ailing, and putting Cooper back in would make Ailing more reliable, anyway, because he's kind of he'd be next to a more reliable operator. Um, I think that I suspect that's what they'll go with. But of course, you know, there is the possibility that Ailing would then go back to right back, Dallas would go back to left back, and then Alioski can't play. Um, but I just kind of suspect that, that it would make no sense to just throw two centre backs straight back in who've both been out for a while. And Alioski's me, that... played well as well. It's yeah. worth saying. Alioski's offered well. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Alioski's offered a lot. That, that's the thing is that Dallas, Alioski, and Ailing have all actually done mostly well in those what we perceive as makeshift positions. Um, but they're positions that they've played before uh, and they've played, you know, uh, relatively a lot in the championship. So it's not like Leeds' defense is broken and they're desperately looking for any opportunity to reset those players. They're all capable of playing those roles. So I wouldn't be too shocked if he went for simply a case of of just bringing that one guy back in. The other thing just to talk about, though, is that I've obviously just said there that I think Strout could come out, but I actually think Strout is probably the most likely to fill in for the suspended Phillips in the CDM role. Um, some people have suggested it could be Klitsch, but um, he's more. I think he's more useful to Leeds as a box-to-box guy playing alongside Rodrigo as a main central midfielder. Uh, you, and also he's on four yellows, so the idea of asking Klitsch to kind of fulfil that kind of reducer role I feel seems a bit counterintuitive. It kind of limits them further up the pitch. And even though Strauch has had problems playing the CDM role, I think the lead setup is better with him there and Klitsch further up. So the point there is that Strauch may still play, even if um, he's not playing a centre-back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll see how it all changes after this week, I think. Uh, but at some point, they're going to obviously want... I mean, it'd be nice for them, Leeds and Leeds fans, to have two fit centre-backs at once because it hasn't happened very often at all um, this season. So we'll see how that progresses. All right, let's fly through some more of these. I think they're a bit less important. So Wolves up next. 
Um, still missing a few players. Usually Nuno doesn't give us, uh, us any info, but he's given us quite a bit this time, right? Yeah, if he was in sort of like quite a charitable mood, um, which is really strange for him. Um, yeah, it, so with him, it, it sounds like the Bolly uh, could be back, which is which is kind of exciting. Um, the, the main thing is actually that it looks like Neto needs to be assessed. So I'll start with him. Um, he's basically said that he's within the players that needs to be assessed. Um, and um, he had a knock uh, that he's improving from. He's better today, hopefully better tomorrow. But either way, there's a suggestion that, you know, he... He might not be available. Um, Pedence is out. Marcel is out. Uh, Johnny is out. Um, and then with Bolly and I can't remember who the other one is. I'm just trying to pull it up now. Troyore, um, right? We, yeah, Troyore. That's it. Of course it is. Yeah, with Troyore, they are being assessed um, to the point that they sound kind of confident they'll be involved, but it's hard to say with absolute certainty. Um, the th- the thing, the main thing for me from from this, because I mean, the thing is, is that we're not really going to be lumping too much in on on Wolves players, most people, because of course, yeah, it's, um, they only play once. The main thing that stood out to me is that, um, he talked about going back to their foundations, going back to what they have been good at before. And he basically said, we, we need to get back to get back to our foundations, which is clean sheets. Now, when they play with a back four, they've looked quite ropey. In my opinion, they missed Dendonka and Dendonka coming back is a help, but it kind of, I, I there's just a lot with what he said today, suggested to me that there's a possibility they might go back to three at the back, um, which is big news to anyone with Kilman because, um, he, you know, he, he could maybe come back in. But of course, at the same time, Bolly's trained ahead of this game. So maybe maybe he comes back in as well. But generally speaking, if Wolves have a better clean sheet potential going forward, either between Bolly coming back and going back to a back three, any number of those different scenarios, I think in a number of weeks, we could be looking at them offering more at, the, at, at that end of the field again. Yeah, and it'd be good for anyone that is holding them because they play West Brom this week. So Fixie doesn't get much better True. than that for clean <laughs> sheets as well. So we'll see how they play against there and then um, yeah, monitor that going forward, as you say. Uh, let's do Southampton. So obviously, like Leeds, um, they are only having one game this week. So they're playing Leicester. No game against Leeds, of course. Uh, and we found out that Danny Ings has had... I think I think he's had... Oh, sorry, he did test positive. He hasn't just tested positive, but he did test positive a few days ago. Is that right? Yeah, so he tested positive in the aftermath of the Liverpool game. Um, so he had when the quote was given, which was on Thursday, he had already been out for ten days. Um, so um, yeah, it's a weird one. I always try and make a point of uh, you often get situations where the people running the social media for the team, um, for some reason, misquote the manager in some way. They said that um, he like that he could be back in training the next day or that would be today um, because he's done his isolation, which kind of implied that he tested negative. But then the actual quote from Hausenhutl was, when you stick to the protocols, you minimize the risks. And that's what we're continuing to do. I don't know if Danny can come back to training tomorrow, but it looks like he's out for the weekend, which to me strongly implies that he at that point in time didn't have a test result for Ings. So it means that um, at that point he couldn't say yes or no. Now, if Danny Ings tests test, just to double check that he's negative again, either came back last night or this morning, then maybe he's in training. But as I kind of alluded to earlier, um, if he's missed 10 days of being involved in training, then he's probably going to miss the game due to lack of match fitness because that's such an important thing. You know, if you sit around not able to actually work with the group for a long length of time, then it puts you um, in a bit of a challenging situation to be able to play the game. So, yeah, I mean, that's a long answer to a, to what is kind of a simple question, but this sort of problem 
it's just it, that just sort of explains and kind of uh, highlights some of the issues that we are, we as fantasy managers are going to have um, because it's quite complicated. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think um, like whether or not you get rid of him or not, he's not. He's probably not going to play this week. And the fixtures aren't great for Southampton either. Arsenal, Man United, all to come in the next four. Um, but obviously, we should say for Southampton and Leeds being uh, sorry missing their game, they will obviously have to rearrange that at some point. So they will have a double game week down the line. How quickly that is, though, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, was there any other major news for Southampton? I didn't really see anything. I don't think. Well, I mean, the list was quite long in terms of the updates he had to give. Um, they're not necessarily all uh, that fantasy relevant, but um, the big one is that Shea Adams is back. We kind of expected that anyway because I think it was connected to a concussion, so there was always a relatively short period for the recovery on that one. So he's fine. Uh, McCarthy is now back after he self-isolated, um, and with him being a goalkeeper, it's kind of easier for him to slot back in. Um, I think you know without having to be involved with lots of things. Redmond and Gineppo are long-term absentees, and uh, Nathan Teller has some in, uh, some muscle problems. So it basically means that Walcott and Armstrong, there's just kind of no competition for them starting on the flanks. Um, Shane Long will probably go up front with Adams because Obafemi's had surgery and Ings can't play. So the Southampton team basically picks itself at this point because of the number of absences that there are, which sometimes is quite nice if you're a fantasy manager. Yeah, there's me saying there's no other, uh, no other big news. I completely forgot about Adams <laughs> and McCarthy in particular, um, who are in a lot of teams and a lot of people hoping to use them in bench boost. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they play. Um, Fulham next. Was there anything we need to pick up on here from Scott Parker? Um, yeah, not massively. I mean, Mitrovic is a, is a possible. Uh, Kearney and Lamina, it was a bit weird. He described them as unavailable, but then also said, we'll see where we are in a couple of days, which, of course, that when he said it, included the game. So uh, I, think that, I think that's why they're 25% on FPL right now. You know, like he said they're unavailable, but at the same time, it's kind of implied that could change. But um, that's kind of handy for anyone looking at Lookman or Cavalero because Fulham obviously played twice because with um, or Zambo and Gisa as well, who of course is uh, famously one of my my blank game week players. Um, you know, but with those key injuries in those areas, it means that those three players I've just mentioned there, it would be very surprising if they didn't start and start twice. Cool, good stuff. Um, Brighton, so they've had a lot of players out recently, Lampsy, Welbeck in particular, um, and I think they're all still missing, right? I think all the players that were missing last time are still missing. Yeah, that's right. And that also includes um, their new signing, or not new signing, sorry. Uh, he was their player already. They loaned him out. He's come back as Jakob Moda. Apparently the game's come too soon for him, although he has trained. Uh, he's 5 million, I think, so we may see him soon. But yeah, in terms of the the people that were missing before, uh, that is Lamptey, um, Lalana, Welbeck, uh, Yahambash, Connolly. They're, they're all missing. So again, the, the Brighton team almost picks itself, which is kind of handy, but at the same time, it's Brighton. So yeah, you know, exactly. to Az and Joe, like, you know, it's not important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, one team I probably should have put further up the list is Burnley. And in particular, Charlie Taylor is a player that's oh, yeah. still in some people's teams, obviously hoping that he plays because it is a double game week. Uh, but it doesn't look like, I mean, it's not the worst news to get, but it's also not the most ideal when you're thinking about whether to sell him or not because uh, he's down as a maybe for the West Ham game. I think he is actually the only issue they've got now. Is that correct? Yeah, it, it's looking more positive for Burnley now. And um, again, I'm such a broken record on this, but we've got another classic case of what what does it mean when a, when a, 
when a Twitter account for a team tweets something, you can't always take that. You can't always take that face value. We've seen before. We've seen it with Rodriguez. And we've now got another situation where there is... Um, there is disparity between what the club have tweeted and what the journalists who were present at the press conference said. And then and then about 20 minutes later, we get the full quote from Sean Dyche. So it's kind of like a, a story in three parts. Story part number one is that um, Charlie Taylor is a doubt for tomorrow, but the squad is coming back together now and everyone else are fine. That is the quote that Burnley's Twitter put out. At the same time, we saw from multiple journalists come from different sources, you know, from different papers, different media outlets, all describing him as a maybe, which is very different to doubtful, in my opinion. Um, then, then we get the full quote, and it turns out Sean Dyche said that Charlie Taylor is a doubt and a maybe. So who okay. knows? But the, the point is, is that the exact thing, the very exact thing that Sean Dyche said is not what the Twitter account put out. So we always just have to be really, really careful there because we, we, the, the tweet that we put out was, was, um, was based on you know, what we were hearing from the journalists as well. And we had a few people saying, uh, well, that's not what the, the, the club tweeted. Well, yeah, because the clubs don't always get it bang on. So there's a lot of confusion over Charlie Taylor. You know, I would, I would probably avoid him this week, to be honest, because yeah. to describe him as a doubt and a maybe, that's just not helpful, Sean. Come on. And I also feel like look, he's a good player for them and he's obviously first choice when he's fit. But I don't think he's going to be the be-all and end-all of whether they win the next couple of matches. So it's probably best to not risk him back uh, or risk getting him back too soon. So, yeah, I, I would be pretty doubtful about him playing at least the first game. Uh, and the second one's against Liverpool. So it, it isn't ideal, that's for sure. And Burnley's fixtures are also not great after 19. So if you've got a transfer you can make, I, I would probably do it. I think the last club we got is Sheffield United. Um, <laughs> but from what I can see or what I saw, he didn't really mention anyone by name and just said they got a bunch of doubts. Yeah, so I mean, it's classic Chris Wilder, isn't it? I mean, come on, Chris. I mean, I know we don't care about your fantasy players, but at least try and be helpful. He, he basically said that there's seven players that he's kind of concerned about. Doesn't Then just didn't tell us who they were. He, he told us a little bit about Ollie McBurney, a bit of an update there, but yeah, classic Chris. It, it, but it doesn't matter though, really. I mean, is anyone really that bothered but about people Sheffield have got their clean sheet from last week and now they're back off? And yeah. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think um, I don't think people are, are too bothered. So I, th- I think that's every team covered. Um, I guess the headline stuff is uh, I, don't, I don't even know. We, a lot of the a lot of the headline stuff I feel like we haven't actually definitely heard of. Like Antonio, as people are thinking <laughs> now, uh, Matip, Martial. We haven't got definites, but we've covered it all. So if you've missed anything, just go back. You can see when the team picture was up, and you can hear um, what we had to say. Obviously, if there is any updates, we'll put them out on Twitter. Sometimes you get um, late quotes, late news, and stuff like that. So make sure to follow us there. Um, and I'll be back with Breakfast Club at half nine on Saturday morning as well with Ted from. Ted Talks FPL so uh, if there is any further updates which the way this season's going so far there probably will be something major between now and then Um, we'll discuss it then as well so David uh, i just say thanks very much for uh, joining me and giving us all that info yeah cheers uh, cheers for having me on and I guess just the other thing to point people towards is uh, if anything does come out uh, later on today you'll be able to catch it on the you know at FF Scout on Twitter but also on our team news page on site where we have all our predicted lineups that's where we gather and collect all the team information that we've talked about here so if you want a longer form thing you can read the other thing to say is that we haven't had this in ages and it's really really nice um, it's Saturday deadline and so then that means that anything that was embargoed from oh, today's yeah. press conferences uh, to half past 10 in the evening, it means we will get that pre-deadline. So definitely keep an eye on on stuff at that time too. Uh, in 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 the norm, new normal, we've often had so many Friday night deadlines that those those embargoed 
pieces of information come out after the, the, the deadline. So aren't any use to you, but on this occasion they are. So keep your, keep your eyes peeled. Now that's a great point. I think I'm trying to make chances as late as possible at the moment anyway, but definitely do them after half 10 tonight because that's, it's usually 10 or half 10 when, uh, when they come out on a Friday night. So yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah, it's half 10. Yeah. Yeah, and if you have enjoyed this, do give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you're new. Just one quick thing before we go. If you haven't already checked out Fantasy Five, there is a link in the description. you just got to make five picks. It's completely free to enter. No catches. Ten grand for the winner. Easy as that. And I've had a look. It's very winnable this week. So go and check it out if you haven't already. Click that link in the description below. Otherwise, me and David will say good luck. Uh, we will catch you again for game week 20, which is a while away, the deadline. So the next team news will be a little while away, but hopefully we'll have lots of information to give you at that point. So hit that like button, hit subscribe, and we'll catch you soon.